Thank you guys so much for listening to the Family Worship Center podcast. This podcast is our weekly messages that happen at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday here at Family Worship Center. Don't forget to check out our website at myfwc.tv and follow us on all social media. If one of these messages touched you in some way, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us on our website or on any of our social media pages. Simply put, we exist to partner with God in changing the quality of families' lives. We hope you enjoy this message. Um, January the 26th through February the 2nd, it's going to end on my birthday, we're going to do a week fast, seven-day fast. Everybody say a fast. Uh, Fasting and prayer, we're going to be fasting and prayer for God to fulfill everything corporately. He's asked us to be and do as a church and individually for you. The fast is going to be built around a Daniel fast. A Daniel fast in the Bible is built around restraining basically uh, from sweets and meats and incidentals of that nature. It's built on vegetables, fruits, and nuts. Look at your neighbor and say nuts because some people have called us that. Amen. Fruits, vegetables, and nuts. That's what uh, the Daniel fast is built upon. Daniel had more wisdom than anybody in the whole kingdom of of, uh, where they were serving at that time. And uh, anyway, got a lot of revelation by simply open himself up to a fast. A fast is not a way to lose weight. A fast is a way to open ourselves up to God. A fast does not move God. A fast opens up our minds and expands our hearts so we can hear God clearly, cleans us out. It's uh, cleaning out the, the bottom of the barrel in some areas. So that fast and prayer, there will be times we'll come together. The church will be open at different times for corporate prayer. We'll be here praying over the, the, the year, individually for you and me, and also praying corporately for the church. How many knows prayer and fasting is important? How many know sometimes it's misunderstood or ignored? But uh, we're going to learn some things about it, and we're going to enjoy it and do it together. Heard a story about a church in Texas and about a bar in Texas. They were in the same small town. And the bar had outgrown the church. The bar had gotten larger and larger, and they wanted to build more room because they needed more room. The bar had been uh, having more and more patrons come together, and uh, basically the guy that owned the bar decided to expand. Well, the Baptist church in town uh, set themselves to prayer and fasting and began to pray and fast that the bar would not succeed in opening up and making more room. And so this went on for several months as the man who owned the bar just continued on and expanded the bar, quite larger, you know, about 50% larger than it was. Well, the the church kept fasting and praying and said, God, we don't need that. We need more, you know, the the power and the grace of God to flow. And they had seen people, you know, be involved in accidents with alcohol and marriages destroyed and all that stuff, and they were praying just for victorious living. So a week before they were supposed to open, lightning struck the bar and burned it to the ground. How many knows that was a loss for the bar owner, amen? Well, the, the, the Baptist church saw that at some level of victory. Well, the, the bar owner went to the judge, filed lawsuit, and sued the church. So sued the church for destruction of his bar. They came to the courthouse, and they came to a court setting, and uh, the judge said, the, the Baptists denied they owed the, the barkeeper any money. Um, the barkeeper said, you owe it all. And the, the judge finally, as both of them were represented in court, standing there, and he basically said this. 
He said, well, it's obvious the barkeeper has more faith in prayer and fasting than the Baptist church does. So he said, I'll make a decision later. I never heard the later decision. Look at your neighbor and say, Google it. Amen. Turn to Philippians chapter 3 this morning. We're talking about knowing God moving forward in 2020. How many wants to move forward in 2020? Look what it says in chapter 3. Chapter 3, we want to talk about what God says. We've been talking about the Word of God. And look what it says in chapter 3, verse 10. And it says that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection, Paul speaking, and the fellowship of His sufferings and being conformed to His death, if the, by any means I may obtain to the resurrection from the dead. Paul said in verse 12, Not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. Everybody say, I press on. I want to encourage you not to quit this year. I know you're not, but I want to encourage you really not to quit on things you've been... 2019, we need to leave some old stuff back there. Pain, disappointment, unfulfilled things, broken dreams. We need to leave some things back there. We need to possess faith and continue to move on. Look what it says. Not that I've already attained, you know. Um, and, and it says uh, this, or, or am I already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of, I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of for me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Faith does not look backward. Faith is, does not look backward. Faith is active. Faith is a verb. Faith has moved to it. It does not look backward. Paul said this, I'm not perfect, but I'm going to keep moving forward to the high prize of the call. I'm, I'm, I'm not got everything figured out, but I'm going to stay committed to the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm going to move forward. I believe in 2020 we're going to see new wine. Everybody say new wine. The Bible says new wine won't fit in old wineskins. The Bible says we, the methods that maybe God used in 2020 might not be the method that He uses in 2020, but He used it in 2019. I want to encourage you today to be open to the methods that will affect the message the message is still the same. Jesus Christ, He is the only answer to the world. How many say amen? Everything. He's the answer. He is the head of the church. He is the answer to every situation. And you can't have new wine. You can't have new wine without pressing and crushing. How many felt pressed or crushed in 2019? How many felt the squeeze? How many felt all the sides coming in on you? And I want to encourage you, what the enemy is meant for evil or the maturity of our growth, I want to tell you the pressing and the crushing is producing a new wine that's not only going to fulfill you in 2020, but going to fulfill people all around you. Everybody say a new wine. You're going to feel different. You're going to taste different. You're going to look different. You're going to act different. You're going to be different because it's a new wine. Because faith is proving God's word works. Faith is not in the past. Faith is in the now and in the future. And I want to encourage you in this year to be looking for the manifestation of the new wine, the new revelation, the freedoms and the graces God's given to you. Also believe in 2020 there's new ground to be taken. There's new ground and new soil. You're not going to be able to plant what you always planted in old soil and get the same results. 
there's going to be a challenge for you and I to till up the soil of our heart. There's going to be a challenge for you and I to weed into water the seed of God's Word. There's going to be a challenge that we're going to push away from the old ground, what was comfortable, what was normal, what was always what we did. I'm telling you, God, somebody asked me once, uh, well, I've been asked this for 30-some years, they said, why do you dress differently in the pulpit? Some days you come in a suit, some days you're in blue jeans, some days you're in a t-shirt, some days you're in this. I said, because I want everybody to know that God's bigger than one way. Now, if you got a way you wear and you're comfortable, that's great. But I, I just think being all things to all men to win some. How many say amen? And uh, praise God, but you, you be led. Be led. Be led. Let's be led this year. Let's don't be forced by circumstances. Let's don't be pressured by situations. Let's be led by the Spirit of God. Let's be like David. I, I don't know about all this armor of Saul. It doesn't fit me. His sword's too big, the armor's too big, the helmet rolls around in my head. I'm just used to the slingshot. I'm used to the stones and the sling. This is what I perfected. This is what works from season to season. And I'm going to use what's worked until God changes that. If you think about it, after David killed Goliath and after he, the years he sat on the throne, we never hear of his slingshot anymore. There's a slingshot for your season. And use it. There's a slingshot. How many grew up with a BB gun? Well, I'll take it back. How many grew up with a slingshot? You, you shot at animals and things with rocks. And How many got a BB gun? Then how many got a 22 rifle? Then how many graduated to a deer gun? A 30-30 or 30 odds? Well, how many just, there's graduations. There's graduations. If we all parked our tricycles out front this morning, we would be on the news by night. How many say amen? If we all pedaled hill on, well, some of us couldn't fit on a tricycle. Some of us have to have a motorized tricycle. But how many knows we moved from a tricycle to a bicycle? And how many knows before the tricycle had those little scooty things with wheels on them? And then how many knows sometimes, you know, you move on to a car, then a different type of thing. And I'm telling you one thing. It's, it's, it's gravity, it's thrust, it's lift to fly a plane. And a Piper Club 150 is a little small two-seater plane, real little. Anybody ever flown in a little plane? If you ever flown in a little plane and run the turbulence, you know how to pray. How many say amen? I flew once to St. Louis with five other preachers and a pilot, and uh, going down was pretty good. Six, six guys, count me, yeah. Um, going down, but coming back, before we took off, it was storming. A little bit, I told, the, I told the pilot, I said, I think we all got enough money to stay all night here. He says, it'll be all right, I'm going to fly around it. Well, he miscalculated, and he flew through it. And we flew through the storm, and it was cold starting to get cold, and um, we would take drops of 100 feet, 150 feet, boom, boom, boom. After a couple of those, um, most of the pastors in the plane went from faith to a little bit of, I'm texting my wife how much I love you, tell the kids hello, and different things. I happened to be, I happened to be uh, patterned with sitting across from God, never knew he was in a storm. He just kept talking about Jesus and the power of the Holy Ghost and church growth, and he, he never even knew he was in a storm. When we landed, one got down and one got down and kissed the ground we landed on, thanking God, and the other one threw up. But anyway, the pilot kept doing this with a high beam light, flashlight. He kept turning and doing this out the windows. I watched him turning and doing this. We got on the ground. I said, what, what was you doing with your flashlight? He looked at me, kind of white-faced. He goes, I'm looking for ice. I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, you know, wings ice up and planes come down. I said, oh, I know now. I may say Amen. My point is I've flown on a smaller plane, and, but I've also flown on big jets. How many flown on big jets? The process, listen, 
the, the, the rules of gravity and thrust and force are the same, but I'm telling you, it's different. It takes different skills, even though they're basic, to fly those big jumbo 757s, all those things, versus a little smaller plane. I want to encourage you that you have the skills to fly this year successfully. And you have the skills to take new ground. Everybody say new ground. Overcoming those addictions, those afflictions, those fears. Overcoming those things that try to pencil hole you or box you in that you should be happy and successful because this is as far as you're going to get in life. I want to encourage you that you have new ground to take. I also want to encourage you this year that there's a new fire. And the old flames can be left back and there's a new fire of God. There's a new presence of God. There's a new excitement of God. God's going to do a new thing. He's going to make a way out of the desert you and I have been trapped in through a river and the flow of His grace. He's going to make a road through the wilderness of the woods that's kept us distracted and confused. And He's going to open up a brand new place for you to go through. It's going to be a new fire. It's not going to be exactly like anything else. How many is excited about God is always new? I'm telling you, God's not stale. God is not, he, He's not day-old bread. How many say amen? He's fresh and he's alive and he's powerful and he has so much set in motion to give to you and us. And I want to go over some things here as I close today about seven things to help you fulfill the purpose and gain ground in 2020. Seven things that will help you fulfill dreams and passions and visions God's given unto you. Number one, if you want to take notes or write it down, number one, first of all, always, always, always look to God. Stop looking to the world for answers. Stop looking to people for answers. Stop looking for situational things to tell you things. Look to God. That's why I said, Paul said, that I may know Him. That I may know Him. How many wants to know Him? That know is a word that means intimacy. Know Him. Together. Become one. To know Him. Not just a historical figure, but to know Him. Look to God. Jeremiah 29, 13 says this. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. How many members playing hide and seek when you're little? How many was good at finding people? You wouldn't, you know, Jesus told the parables of the three lost things, the coin, the sheep, about losing things and about how they worked so hard to find what was lost. You know, I've said this before and some of you are always new, but you know, Years ago, there was two brothers, a righteous brothers, and they sang, you've lost that love and feeling. If you don't remember, Google it. How, how many Christians have lost that love and feeling when we first got born again, when we first got filled with the Holy Ghost? But it's easily returned. How do you, listen, how do you regain something that's been lost? You look for it, you're eager to find it. It might not be exactly like it was before, but you look for it and you find it. And I tell you what, you're always rewarded by the effort of your heart. That's what Bible, the Bible says God has rewarded those that digitally seek Him. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Jeremiah 29, 13. Look to God. Father, we pray in 2020 this will be a year that we look to you above circumstantial evidence, above thought patterns, above myths, above what used to be. We look to you. Number two, we listen to God. We put God number one in our life to listen to. And the number way, listen guys, the number one way to listen to God is His Word. He reveals Himself through His Word. He's going to show you and direct you whatever stage you're in. As we were worshiping God this morning, the Lord said, He reminded me, if you have children 12 or below, just stand up real quick, this won't take a minute. If you have children 12 or below, amen, don't be ashamed of it. <laughs> If you have children, how many of those kids will wear you out if you let them? 
How many knows if you have kids that are future leaders, they're always going to be asking questions, challenging you. God said to tell those who have kids, and this is for all of us, but especially you that have kids 12 or below, I'm going to develop and release a special grace for you to raise your children in the things of God. I'm going to give you extra strength. I'm going to give you extra wisdom as you spend time with me. I'm going to give you a favor and a grace to love your children far beyond what you have. I'm telling you, there's a war for our children out there. How many say amen? The enemy has a plan to destroy children, to bring confusion. And there is a grace this year, and he, he, he reminded me, he reminded me early this morning, he reminded me just a minute ago. Pray, and that's for all of us, but especially you that have children 12 and below. So everybody reach your hands toward these people. Father God, I thank you for these moms and dads. Father, I thank you for their children. They're arrows. You said children are arrows in our quiver. They have been placed in our care to prepare, to nurture, to love, to endow them with the things of God. Father God, I thank you there's extra love from these parents. There's extra patience. There's extra graces. There's extra endurance to raise them in the way of God from the family, Lord, from the church point of view from all people connecting to raise them, to fulfill their purpose, to prepare their journey in life. And devil, we let you know you're not going to hinder them. You're not going to stop them. They're going to live in overcoming and grace. And I thank you for, thank you, Lord. I thank you for extra finances this year for those raising children. I thank you from the north, south, east, and west. Men and women will be led to bless them financially. Not only pray for them, but to bless them because the rest of us remember how much it costs to raise a kid. And Father God, I thank you it's said and done. This time next year will be testimonies. All over this congregation this increases that God blessed me with extra grace for raising children as moms and dads in 2020. And everybody said amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you came today. Listen to God. Not only look to Him, but listen to God. Psalms 85, 8. I will listen. Listen to what it says here. David says, I will listen to what God the Lord will say, for He will surely speak to me. The devil wants to tell you God's not going to speak to you. God's not going to talk to you. I want to tell you, the Bible says, I will listen to what God, the Lord God will say, for He will surely speak. He's going to prepare your heart. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge Him. And He will direct, straighten, and smooth out our paths. How many needs a smooth path in 2020? How many needs direction in 2020? That's what He says. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge Him. How are we going to acknowledge Him? We're looking to Him. We're listening to Him. And he will direct, smooth, and straighten out all of our paths. Number three. Number three. Let's learn from God. Let's be teachable. Let's listen with intentionality. Let's learn from God. And let's grow in the things God has for him. You know, I, I appreciate being able to memorize Scripture, and memorizing Scripture is a part of meditation. But I'd rather you have two Scripture on the inside of you that's revealed and real then be able to, like a parrot, read all three, three chapters and not understand any of it. I grew up and we, we had Bible drills. And How many grew up where you had Bible drills and we draw swords, they give you a scripture and you had so much time, you compete against people and, and you get the scripture and you read it. And if you were quick, 
if you were quick to remember and quick with your hands, you could pretty much dominate a Bible drill thing. The problem is we quoted it like parrots. It never opened up our hearts to become revelation to some degree. Now, some we did. The more, the more repetition you give something, the more revelation will come out of it. I don't, I don't know if you watched last night, and, and probably some of you don't care, but there was a great biblical lesson last night that Goliath might look big, Goliath might sound big, Goliath might have everybody in his corner, but somebody forgot to tell David he can't be defeated. And the little bitty Tennessee Titans rolled in to Baltimore and whipped the Ravens. Anybody here a Ravens fan? Well, nobody says my best waving they got whipped. But anyway, don't let anybody talk you out of your victory according to what you have or what you don't have. Let's learn from God that all things are possible. John chapter 6, verse 45. And they all shall be taught of God. John 6, 45. They all shall be taught of God. How many wants to be taught of God? Every time you open up the Word, the Holy Spirit is teaching you. Every time you hear the Word, the Holy Spirit is teaching you. Every time you come together in small groups, every time you go through things like we have Revive. We've had Revive for three years for the women. We're going to have it this year for the men. It's a renewing of the mind. It's unhooking of things that have been codependently attached to our lives. Things we've been carrying that's not supposed to be carried. It's loosening us of burdens. It's bringing revelation. Revive is a course that the women have been going through. It's a renewing of the mind, proving the good and acceptable will of God. We're going to have that for men this year. I'm telling you guys, the battleground's up here. How many say amen? Jesus lives here. The battleground's up here. And we get these two locked together in unison. The flesh has to follow. So this is a year to learn from God, participating in every opportunity. You know, Jesus spent three years of teaching, displaying, preaching, and showing the disciples. And then Jesus left the building. Think about it. Three years he poured his heart, his father's heart, into those men. And then he left the building and said, boys, it's up to you. Life is about learning, learning to live from loss to victory and learning how to overcome. Number four, learn to be grateful. We as a nation, we're not grateful like we need to be, in my opinion. Grateful for those men and women who died on foreign soils that we might be freed. Grateful for all the attacks of the enemy that has brought against this nation, but God has brought us through victory. Grateful. Grateful. I told somebody I grew up with the other day, and she's more like a sister than just somebody growing up with us. A bunch of us kids that grew up together. There were six boys and one girl in the Wheatley area, and we became like a pod. And, and uh, some of them had siblings. Carol Jane's one of them that was, you know, come behind. Um, um, you know, my my brother Dooley, different ones. But we were all in a year or two of age, and. And I was over visiting her the other day, and her mom's at a point of transitioning to heaven here in the future. And, and, and I walked out in the stripping room, the tobacco stripping room. If you don't know what a stripping room, it's not a porn site. It's where the people you strip tobacco. And a lot of kids don't know. What's a stripping room? It's, it's where we used to pull the leaves off of the tobacco stalls. Anybody know what a stripping room is? Raise your hand. Everybody ever seen? Okay. If you don't know, you can hook up on these people. And I tried to get in the stripping room door because I remember stripping there at tobacco with the, with, um, the lady in there getting ready to go on, her, her, her husband, who um, th these people were a big part of my life growing up in the church up the road 12 miles, Dallasburg. And um, a matter of fact, you've heard me speak of them before, Rip and Arthur um, Hamilton. They, they had the same beginner's class. Beginner's class is like three to five. 
They had the same beginner's class in Sunday school for 43 straight years. They had kids that would fight and bite their mom and dad's hand because they didn't want to graduate to the next class. They loved going in there. But I tried to get in there and relive where I used to be in that time 35 years ago. And God said, it was a good memory, honey, but we need to move on. I'm encouraging you this year to celebrate the memories, be grateful, be thankful for what God has done. But let's move into where God's at in 2020. How many say amen? Let me say this about 2020. It's been 100 years since we had double numbers. The last one was 1919, and then 1818 and 1717. And when you see that, in many cases, it means double. How many believes this is going to be a year of double grace and double anointing? How many is conveying that? Matter of fact, um, the Hebrew year, um, I heard someone teach on this the other night. I just took the information. The Hebrew calendar year is 5780. Everybody say 5780. They're not current with our 2020 chronological year. The Hebrew year is, is 5780. The 17th letter of the Jewish alphabet means victory. Everybody say victory. How many believing for overcoming victory in 2020? How many believing so connected with God that you just want to love everybody and help everybody any way you can? Well, here's another, here's another definition of all that, and it simply is that this, this um, the 5780, is, uh, the definition of it is, means the word mouth. So I like to say it this way, your victory is going to be tied to your mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And we're going to have to learn how to say what Daddy says. And God spoke to Prophet Moses said, Go and I'll be with you, with you, and your mouth will teach them what to say. Now, isn't it amazing? God told Moses, Your mouth will teach them what to say, but they had 650,000 funerals in the wilderness. Because God said, You won't believe. You're in unbelief. You don't obey me. You rebel against me. So this generation has to pass. You know, I'd say Moses got tired of doing funerals. How many say amen? But when that last funeral, when that last disobedience was taken care of, and then he says, okay, you, you, this generation, go into the promised land. You follow Joshua into the promised land. And he told Joshua, said, I know you love and respect him. He was your mentor, but Moses is with me. He's gone now. I want you to step up and cross over. Everybody say cross over. I believe this is a year of crossing over, and I learned part of it. I believe a lot, a lot of it's going to be learning how to be grateful. So God dealt with me about stop complaining, because wherever you complain, you'll remain. Let me say it again. Wherever you keep complaining, you will remain. Because out of the abundance of the heart, what? Let's start declaring in faith, because we're people of faith, what God's promise says. Let's start declaring that our marriage is going to be better according to the Word of God. I'm going to make the changes. Let's start declaring my health's going to increase and be better in 2020. Let's, let's start declaring the favor of God on our life, that I'm going, to be, I'm going to be able to witness in freedom and liberty. Psalms 107.1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord. We thank you today that we're alive and well on the earth. We thank you we come into this building under our own power. We thank you, Lord, that we have the cross to rely on. We thank you, Father God, today that we can, we can help each other with our burdens. We thank you, the Word says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, bear one another's burdens. We thank you, Jesus, you got to a point you could not bear your burden. As you, as you pulled the cross on your back, as you walked through that Della Rosa street, as you went forward and you collapsed under the burden of the weight of your call, they pointed to a guy named Simon. And Simon come out of the crowd. And Simon not only picked up the cross, but he picked up you with one hand. And he took the cross. 
with you to Golgotha where you could fulfill your assignment on this earth for us, but he needed help. I believe 2020 is a year of Simon's coming out of the crowd to help us. I believe there's Simon's going to come out to help us with our businesses, with our marriages, with our lives. I believe there's Simon's going to come out and been where you've been, and they're going to help you and say, you know what? I know you're under a burden. I know your grace to do this, but let me help carry that load with you. I know that. And you know what? Being grateful and being thankful, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, give thanks in all circumstances. Not that doesn't say for, but in it, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus, to be able to live in a place of contentment and joy. Give thanks. Father God, I thank you right now as we're facing sickness and disease. We know it's not of you. We know it's not from you, but I'm going to give you thanks that you're the answer through it. How many say amen? Father God, I thank you right now. I just have enough for my family to eat one more meal. But your word says to share it with my neighbors and you multiply it. I thank you, Father God, that you're my source and not my paycheck and not my report from the Dreyfus Fund and not my 401K. How many say amen? I want to remind everybody to trust that and Social Security that those things do collapse sometimes. And from one morning to the next, I read a story on an African-American lady working in Enron in Houston. She went to bed with $803,000, woke up with zero. Because Enron collapsed. I mean, you can look it up and Google it. Thank God for savings. Thank God for investment. God wants us to do those things. How many say amen? But don't make that your source. Everybody here? Listen, I'm telling you, our God has miracles lined up for us. He has suddenlies lined up for us. I'm excited about 2020. Be grateful. Let's not complain. Let, let's, let's speak the things of God. Let's, let's move from the wilderness experience. Thankfulness grows our faith and trust in the Lord. You know, the devil hates a thankful heart. The devil hates a thankful heart because he wants to destroy us with thoughts and ideas and so forth. Number five, learn how to surround yourself with big dreamers. I got some big dreamers as friends and family. I get around them. I just get challenged. I just want to fight and spit and join up whatever they're doing. You know, I want to take off my boots and give them to them. They just dream big. They won't be boxed in. They won't be held by fear. And some of them have lived through hell. Some of them have went through terrible situations, but they won't let go of the vision God's put on the side of them. Because this is what it's about, vision. Writing it down, hearing from God, making it plain so others can follow. Praise God. Vision. Mike Grable was the coach of the, of the Tennessee Titans. Mike Grable was an all-pro linebacker for the New England Patriots, if you care. Somewhere along the line, he's convinced that bunch from Tennessee, who was 2-4 and four in the first of the year, we can make a run at this thing and win a Super Bowl. Somebody got in their heads and their hearts. They come out like wild dogs last night. And I love Lamar Jackson. He's a Louisville boy. And how many loves Lamar Jackson? But he wished he wasn't in the game. He got hit so bad. There's going to be friends in your life that's going to challenge you, and they're, they're big dreamers, and the Bible says iron sharpens iron, so does the countenance of a friend. Hang with people that will dream and challenge, and hang with people that won't live in a status quo, and hang with people that put a demand on your faith. Number six, learn to develop a plan to grow. A plan to grow. Mom fed us strawberries a lot when we were little. I don't like strawberries. Mom gave us a lot of strawberries and tomatoes. I don't like tomatoes. I like ketchup. I like all, but I don't like tomato. I don't know if it's just rebellion in me or whatever, but mom gave what we had abundance of, and I'm thankful for it. And mom was always a good cook. But you know what? When, when we got bigger, she had to give more meat. She threw more meat at us. And, and, and you know, how, how many know sometimes we can eat too much meat? 
But we need meat. Meat develops bones. Do you know that? Meat develops bones. Meat in appropriate portions develops bones and strength. And I'll tell you what, I know there's some people that can maybe use some scientific evidence against this, but I tell you what, I challenge anybody just to eat fruit and vegetables, and I know we should eat fruit and vegetables every day. I know we should have the pyramid, and the pyramid's been adjusted. How many say amen? But I challenge you to eat just fruit and vegetables and cut tobacco for two months and see how you look at the end. How many say amen? Anyway, but anyway, that's maybe just me regurgitating of my life. But anyway, learn to develop a discipleship program that'll help you grow. That's why we, we challenge and want everybody to go through next steps. We want everybody to go through revive. We want everybody to be involved in small groups. We want everybody to serve. People that you hang with, you learn from them, you grow with them. The books you read, the personal development, where you listen and go on your podcast, it's all about development and growing because there's a time when Jesus says, you know, I love you and I'm going to still help you, but you've got to go out and do what you're called to do. Number seven, and I'll close with this. And this is, this is a highlight here, guys. Listen, they're all a highlight. Learn to live a life of giving. Be a giver. Now, see, we say giver. Everybody goes, he's talking about money. No, 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 I'm talking about your lifestyle. Learn to be a giver of your time, talents, and your treasure. Learn to be a seed sower. Learn to hear the Spirit of God and know what seed to sow in the right place in the right time. Learn how to recognize soils, people's hearts, situations. Learn that God will lead you through the seed of His Word on when and where to sow and who to sow to. Learn the power of focusing. Seed time and harvest, the Bible says it's going to remain forever. And learn that if you and I will be led to sow freely and cheerfully, that we can always expect some level of a harvest. Not a point system, not a good old boy system, but a process of learning how to sow time, sow talent, and sow treasure at the right time. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he what? He sowed. He sowed. Aren't you glad Jesus was sown into the earth? Aren't you glad in three days he popped up? Aren't you glad that has produced over two billion believers now? From one seed, there's two billion plus believers in the earth. And there's, there's a couple billion haven't all heard the truth of God's word. So we get to sow. That's why God called us in vision to plant churches in Kentucky in small towns. We'll continue that. He told us to affect this region. We'll continue that. Watch this morning how we're scattered. If you're from Carroll County, raise your hand. Everybody look around, Carroll County. If you're from Owen County, raise your hand. Everybody look around. If you're from Gallatin County, raise your hand. Everybody look around. If you're from Trimble County, raise your hand. Everybody look around. If you're from Jefferson County, Louisville, raise your hand. If you're from Oldham County, raise your hand. If, if you're from, I, I always get mixed up. Indiana, anybody from Indiana, raise your hand. If you're from, oh, the great state of Henry. I, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. I repent. Anyway, if you're from Henry County, raise your hand. If you're from anywhere else, raise your hand. I'm, I'm tired of raising, I'm tired, but. But what I'm saying is, in, in a small town, it's unusual to have people from 8 to 10 counties. But God did that on purpose because we're called to reach a region that's going to reach a state and reach a nation. How many say amen? And part of it is just learning these things and growing these things and learning to be a giver. So let's just ask the Holy Spirit to help lead us on when and how we give. 
We know the tithe belongs to the Lord. We know offerings is up to the Holy Spirit and us. We know alms is given to people who can't help us back. But just that's just the money side. But learning just a, just a word from God. Somebody wrote Brooke and I a letter the other day and put it in a little, little envelope. And I, Man, I read it at the right time. I began to cry. And I keep that in a Bible or in my shirt because it encourages me not to give up. And this person encourages me, don't take your eyes off a of vision. And this person encouraged me the things God put in your heart 35 years ago. Don't, let, don't loosen yourself. Oh, it's better than medicine. And thank God for medicine, but there's a better medicine, the peace of the Word of God. How many say amen? Because I, at one time in my life, I lived on pre- medicines and antidepressants, and I took pills to go and pills to come. And, and I found out, and if you're taking pills, thank God, pray over them, but believe God one day the Word of God will carry you. But thank God we get to do it together. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to look even better in heaven. Everybody do that right now. Amen. So, Father God, I thank you today as we pray. We give you, we give you thanksgiving. We're grateful, Father. Thank, thank you first, Father God, for sending Jesus, for sending, sending the Godhead down here to die for us. Thank you, Jesus, for coming, living, dying, teaching. And thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to empower us, to teach us, to counsel us. Thank you, Father God, that you patterned this thing as a family. Jesus, you're the head of our family. Father God is, is, sits on the throne. You're at the right hand. Holy Spirit's here, and we can do it as a family. Father, may we be more family conscious this year. May we be more family led. We may be concerned about carrying one another's burdens in prayer, in relationship, in whatever way that you would lead us. And may we head the same way, say the same thing, go the same direction, and do it hand in hand. Father, may we learn to laugh at the appropriate time and cry at the appropriate time. May we learn to share. May we learn to give. May we learn to receive at the appropriate time. And may we do it as a family believers. Jesus, there's three things you want for everybody on this earth. You want everybody to be born again and not one to perish everyone to be saved number two you want everyone to be filled with the power and the grace of the holy ghost to operate in the fruit and the gifts of the spirit and number three you want everybody to grow up spiritually where we're led and moved by love so we can reproduce ourselves into other people father that's our that's our desire that we may know you we may grow with you lord jesus and we may attain to everything you've asked us to be and do by your strength and your power 